When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report and a very happy new year to you. Forest started 2023 with a well-earned point against Chelsea under the city ground lights on New Year's Day. 1-1 it finished. It probably should have been more for Forest. They were the better team, certainly in the second half. Created plenty of chances, but just couldn't quite find that winning goal. And in the end, had to settle for a share of the spoils. Forrest made two changes from the defeat at Manchester United. So Dean Henderson was back in goal, having not been able to play against his parent club at Old Trafford with the conditions of his loan deal. Morgan Gibbs-White also returned a welcome and perhaps surprise return for Gibbs-White. We thought he might have been out for a bit longer with his muscle problem that he picked up in the mid-season break. But he was back in and he proved his worth, as we'll go on to talk about. Jesse Lingard missed out with the injury that he picked up at Old Trafford, and it looks like he'll be out for a couple of weeks now. And Gustavo Scarpa, the new signing, wasn't allowed to feature in this game because of the fact that a few of the games had been played before the transfer window opened in this round of fixtures. So Scarpa will be available for the match at Southampton. So this meant Forrest lined up in the 4-3-3 formation that they'd played at Old Trafford with Dean Henderson in goal, a back four of Serge Aurier, Joe Worrell, Willie Bolly and Renan Loddy across the back. Midfield three of Oral Mangala, Remo Froiler and Ryan Yates. And that front three being Taiwo Owonyi, who was sort of playing from the left-hand side to begin with. Morgan Gibbs-White through the middle and Brennan Johnson on the right with Taiwo and Jono more as inverted forwards in, in some ways and, and getting more involved in the game. I've got Tom with me to look back on the game. First of all, Tom, team news, Gibbs White being back was a real boost, wasn't it? Um, yeah, definitely, especially with 
Lingard being out for uh, a few weeks, you just wanted to know where the creativity was going to come from. But uh, no, in the just before the uh, World Cup break, um, Gibbs White was really stepping up and showing his worth. And um, he, he's an absolute fantastic um, footballer and is a real uh, credit to the uh, um, to our side at the moment. Yeah, I should point out as well, Tom, that you and I have both had the flu over Christmas and you're feeling the effects of it a bit more than me, certainly in your voice at the moment. So uh, if we sound a bit gravelly, listeners, then that is uh, that is why we've been struck down by this Christmas flu. Uh, but we're going to soldier on. So Forrest's approach in this game. Um, I know, Tom, you were a little bit disappointed with the way that they set up at Old Trafford and obviously you were there and watched the game in person. But Forrest here, they they looked to stifle Chelsea with an energetic approach and winning the ball higher up the pitch and looking to turn them over on the counter. And it, it did seem to be quite effective from the get-go, didn't it? it Forrest were more threatening, I thought. Yeah, definitely. With... Because when we got the ball, they just wanted to get it forward as quickly as possible. And we got in a couple of times, especially with Brennan Johnson um, getting in between Cucurella and Thiago Silva and bringing a decent save out of Azabalaga. Um, and then you had Awani as well, who Kulabal, he's, he's looked like he struggled since his move from Napoli. And I think Forrest was trying to capitalise on that and he got in a couple of times and Kula Bali just didn't want to run with Awani yesterday. Um, he took him out a couple of times and how he didn't get a booking for that uh, first challenge, I will never know because it was a cynical challenge. But um, yeah, Forest looked a bit more easy on the eye. I thought they were, in the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought they were a bit tentative and gave uh, Chelsea a bit too much respect and Chelsea got the goal and everything. But after that, I think Forest were the better side uh, for the rest of the game. And we'll come on to how the rest of the game played out from Forrest's point of view a bit later, because as you say, they they did get on top and were the better side, certainly for that most of that second half. But the, the, the first instance of Forrest turning the ball over nicely and getting a dangerous counter away was Morgan Gibbs-White had the ball around the um, centre circle, dinked a lovely ball through for Brennan Johnson, who ran onto it and shot straight at Kepper with his left foot. A bit disappointing in terms of the finish, but again, a, a, an example of Forrest's speed of thought and mobility causing Chelsea problems. But it was Chelsea who took the lead on 16 minutes and it was Raheem Sterling. He drove the ball home from close range after Willie Bolly's flick looped up onto the bar, dropped down, in front of goal and Sterling was there to put the ball away ahead of Renan Lodi, I think, who was trying to block on the line. Tom, what was your view on this? Was this a freak goal or could Forrest have done a lot better with it? Um, I think it was a bit of both, really. I think it was a freak goal of how it happened, but I think the ball coming to the box too easily, I think Warren went out to Pulisic and he, he just stood off him and he's let him like bring it onto his right foot, he was putting a decent ball in, and he's took a flick off Willy Bolly, then he's hit the crossbar, then I think there was a split second where it was like, how's that happened? And I think, I wouldn't say we switched off, but it was like a bit shocked of where the ball was hit the crossbar and come out to Raheem Sterling, who's uh, volleyed it in. So 
I think, um, yeah, first and foremost, I think we'll let the ball come into the box uh, too easily in my eyes. Then before you know it's in the back of the net and when you're at the bottom of the league, you just don't get um, much luck, uh, luck, do you? So I think it was just a free goal at, um, at the end of the day. And it, it was a frustrating one to concede given that Forrest had looked pretty decent in those opening 15 minutes with their approach to the game. But the the goal meant Chelsea were, were in front and we were a little bit unsure how Forrest would react here because against top six teams when they've gone behind, albeit mainly away from home so far this season, they've tended to crumble and, and concede one or two more in quick succession. But Forrest came back, stuck to their game plan and were well in the game right up until half-time, weren't they? They were... It, even though they perhaps didn't have as many chances, they were certainly tough to break down and trying to cause Chelsea problems still. Um, yeah, definitely. Everybody stuck to the plan. And when that goal went in, you think, oh, here we go again. Just don't collapse because as far as about tendency of having a soft um, underbelly against these top six sides. But like you say, they, they stuck to the plan and they, and got to half-time, um, just 1-0 down and, and it was a matter of going again, really. Just going back to the the goal and our very own Maradona of the Midlands, he was talking about this goal and he was saying, we keep finding new and interesting ways to let goals in. And that goal seemed to be that, that type of unlucky bit calamitous and a setback when we didn't really need it. Would you, would you agree that we are finding new and spectacular ways almost to to keep finding the ball in the back of our net. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those. It's just I don't know if it's a luck thing or uh, or whatever, but um, yeah, we, we are conceding goals in a way that nobody else concedes goals like that. You see, it's just calamitous at times. But yeah. but uh, no, fair play to the stuck to it, and um, we um, I think we like I said earlier, uh, we deserve to get the three points at the end of the day. The caveat to that is Rich, our host, who said that that they aren't freak goals if we keep conceding them, which I can kind of see where, where he's coming from. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that flick from Bolly on another day goes over the bar. It goes away from danger for a corner. It doesn't drop onto the bar and to, to Sterling's feet or it drops and Henderson can grab it. So, you know, it's it's one of those. But the important thing is that Forrest responded well to that setback. So the second half then, and Forrest went in at the halftime break, a goal down, came back out for the second period, and they, they looked to step it up another level, didn't they? Their performance and the way they were trying to take the game to Chelsea. In that second half, Forrest were excellent, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were more aggressive as well. They were getting in Chelsea's faces a bit more and um, Chelsea didn't like it. There was a couple of occasions when uh, Florida and Mount come uh, to blows and then there was uh, Zachary and Yates and they just didn't like Forrest being a bit aggressive and playing more on the front foot, to be honest. And I think that 20-minute period from half-time, um, yeah, Chelsea didn't have an answer um, because we just kept... Uh, using the ball really well in um, the final third and just finding like, that odd bit of space to try and create an opportunity. And then um, there was a good play with Yates and he's like, put the 
um, ball on the edge of the 18-yard box. And Gibbs White's absolutely hit it like a like an absolute rocket. And on another day, that goes into top corner. And yeah, I just thought for like a 20, 25-minute spell, Chelsea just did not have a, any answers to our um, more aggressive play. Was that a team thing or did that come from individuals? In the in the side, do you think you know? Like for example, that midfield three of Froyle, Yates, and Mangala worked so hard throughout the game and really helped Forrest to to set that more aggressive tone. Um, I think it's a team thing because everybody's got to be um, on it, and they were like pressing more. Everybody was pressing more and um, more aggressive. So I don't think it was. I mean, Yates and Froyle and Mangala had a really good game, but I just think in the second half, all the players just stepped it up that extra. 10% and and to a team Forrest were brilliant and Awani was at, I think that well, he, I know he got man of the match but I think that was his, definitely his best game in a red shirt because he he just kept running at Koulibaly and Koulibaly just couldn't cope with him um, and I think he just um, he, he grew tired in the end but I think it was another brilliant performance by, by Awani and it just worked when you've got like a focal point um, up front somebody who can play off and run the channels and um, yeah I think in the second half everybody stepped up that 10% and as a team we was brilliant yesterday and a word for Taiwo there you mentioned him just how good he was on the day and there's been question marks over whether he can be that kind of focal point striker whether he can use his physicality and and use it enough in the Premier League and help Forrest to hold the ball up and and bring others into play around him. But he was doing all of that against Chelsea and had pace and movement to trouble Koulibaly, as you mentioned, and, and really stretch that Chelsea back line. Yeah, he's definitely got attributes to succeed in the Premier League. I, I'm not going to say he's going to be like a top-end striker like a Haaland or a um, Salah, etc. But he's definitely got like uh, the physical attributes to actually um, be a, a success in the Premier League. Um, and I think at the start of the season, he was very like, like all arms and legs and a bit raw and everything. But I think in the last month or so, uh, I know it was against Blackburn and no disrespect to him, to them, but um, he took his goal really well. I mean, he had quite a few chances in the game, but I think he's just piecing bits together now. And I think the coaching staff have to take credit of really working with him. And he looks a lot better player than he was when he first arrived at the start of the season. And it's encouraging to see how he's developing and hopefully now he's going to take on that role as the, the main number nine, because Performances like the one yesterday show just how effective he can be. And he had another chance to score early in that second half when uh, I think it was Remo Freuler had, had got the ball on the edge of the box. He just played the ball out to the left-hand side. Lottie was running onto it and perhaps should have taken it on, but Taiwo took it off his foot and, and hit, a, hit a left-footed strike straight at Kepper again. It was quite a comfortable save, but... It was nice to see actually Taiwo using a bit of a striker's instincts. I think he was just looking at the ball, looking where the goal was. He didn't really see Lodi coming in. So that's another aspect which I like to see from a striker. He's prepared to just have a go and and, and chance his arm, if you like. Yeah, there was a chance in the second half where um, 
Brennan Johnson's um, gone down the channel and on another day, in hindsight, he probably should have squared it to Tyler. But I've looked back back at the game and you, when the game was ha- happening live and you think, oh, I should have passed. But then you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, Thiago Silva got back and I think Cucurella got back. So to actually find a one for a tap-in probably was a, a bit difficult. So I can see why Johnson took the shot. But uh, no, um, yeah, like, like you said, Tyler was... Um, that one where he's talking off Loddy in hindsight. Loddy shut because it was on his left side. But he, on another day, he might have like, you just don't know, do you, in football? But uh, no, it's nice that uh, Tyro's like striker instincts and he's took the shot on, obviously. He didn't, he didn't score, but he's made the keeper work, hasn't he? So. And you mentioned that opportunity there with Brennan Johnson down the right-hand side. Um, played up, Played through with a nice ball. His pace got him away. And yeah, on the first viewing, you look at it and think, why Why has he not squared that? Because Taiwo's got acres of space to run onto in the middle. Yeah, but Johnson's took the shot and it's saved by Kepper. But then you look at the replay and you think, well, the option wasn't really on to pass. And that's because Thiago Silva has blocked off that passing lane expertly. And by the way, how good is Thiago Silva still at 38? He was just running that Chelsea defence. Yeah, um, how he read the game yesterday, we thought Van Dijk was a Rolls-Royce defender, but Thiago Silva was like in another league. I mean, at 38, it was a ball that got played over the top. I think it was in the first half. And he was up against Brendan Johnson. You know Brendan Johnson is quite quick. But as soon as that ball was going to be played, Silva was on the run kind of thing and he just read it and he just blocked the uh, blocked the ball and uh, from getting to Johnson and he was just like just top defending and yeah yeah like so I don't like really bigging up um, other teams players but um, you gotta take your hat off to Thiago Silva how good he was yesterday the his reading of the game was expert like you say there that one where he's almost he's running before the pass has been played he knows where the ball's gonna go and he's a few yards ahead of the game before anybody else. And there was a, a chance as well where we turned the ball over in the first half, Morgan Gibbs white running at goal and Silva just dispossessed him so calmly with, a, with a, a great tackle and just shows you really these elite level players, even still at 38, how good they can be. And again, again, from Forest's point of view, it's, it's just how you, work against those kind of players, how you find the opportunities eventually to score the goal. And from our point of view, the goal came with actually a set piece. If you like. It was a corner uh, that was whipped in. It was headed up in the air by a Chelsea defender. But it's Willie Bolly who keeps it alive for Forrest. He nods it down and who's there but Serge Aurier to swivel and hit the ball past Kepper for the equaliser. And actually it was, was a great goal, Tom, when you think about it. For all, all the players to be in that position, Serge Aurier, and he finishes like a pro. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with it, it's like, it's, there's just bodies everywhere, isn't it? Now he's chested it down and volleyed it. And it's, I mean, on another day that could have gone anywhere, but he's like, he's put it through um, as a lot of green goal. And it really is a top finish, but... It was nice to actually score from a set piece because I think most Vice fans would agree with us that our set pieces this year have been atrocious, really. I mean, there was a couple of occasions against Man Yuan 
uh, last week where we've took a corner, we've absolutely balls it up and they're on like a, a three-on-three attack because on the counter-attack. So, no, it's nice to actually um, have a set-piece yesterday and have a bit of reward from it because, like I said, our set-pieces this year have been awful. Well, this season, I should say. Yeah, and another reason why having Gibbs White back in the side is so important because his set-piece delivery is much better than anybody else in the side. Nobody else is really stepping up when Gibbs White isn't there. So, yeah, nice to get that goal from a set-piece and well-deserved as well from Forrest's point of view. Talking again about Gibbs White, a little bit more on the, the opportunity that so nearly went in for him. And it was Ryan Yates with the ball down the right-hand side, drills the ball back towards the edge of the area and Gibbs White first time takes it on the volley and it's just rising. It hits the crossbar, comes down and lands just in front of the line. But if that goes in, that's one of the goals of the season. Yeah, Gibbs definitely. White, brilliant effort. It, yeah, and uh, as a Balaga, just he, he just hopeful that it go, either goes over because he's getting nowhere near that. Um, and technically, um, I think Gibbs White is probably one of the best players I've seen in a forest shirt. I, I just think he's absolutely brilliant when he's got the ball at his feet. And th- that quality is, I know we've spent quite a lot of money from him, but for him, but that, that's the quality what he has. And if that goes in, like he says, that's the goal of the season contender straight away. Um, just about like I says earlier, it's just the luck, isn't it? When you're at the bottom, um, if that's a De Bruyne, for example, it goes in, but seeing we're towards the bottom of the league, um, we just don't get the luck. And yeah, like it's an absolute uh, brilliant effort. Unfortunate for was it didn't go in. And I think if it did go in, I think we would have deserved to come in. I think it was before the goal, wasn't it? But um, yeah. I think, but well, we definitely did deserve that if it did go in. And that's the thing, really. It's that that whole performance probably deserved more than from Forest than what they got in the end. Probably were good for the victory. And in the end, we've had to settle for a point, which I suppose against Chelsea is is not a bad result. They've got quality players and are probably a better team than their league position suggests at the moment. I don't know about you, Tom, but a lot of fans I'd spoken to before the match felt it was a good time to play Chelsea because they're, they're in a bit of a rocky patch after Graham Potter's decent start as manager. They're, they're struggling a bit at the moment and it felt like an opportunity. Now, I suppose Forrest have taken something from that opportunity they've got a point but do you, do you come away from that game disappointed they haven't got all three or happy with the overall performance and, and result before the game if someone would have said you're going to get a point against Chelsea I would have t- um, took it but on the reflection of the game Henderson hasn't had a save to make um, looking at the chances what we had and how well we played um, I am slightly disappointed that we didn't come away with um, all three points because that would have been absolutely massive and the incentive was there to go and get the three points because three points would have got us out of the relegation zone. Um, but, yeah, with uh, Chelsea's problems and everything, I, I just don't think this Graham Potter experiment was going to work because, no disrespect to him, I mean, he's, he's done all right at Austerlands and Swansea and Brighton, but he hasn't won anything. And with the money, what? Chelsea spend they're expecting to at least at the very least get a top four finish and a trophy and I just thought yesterday Chelsea were very tentative I think they played like a Brighton under Potter whereas they've had all the ball but 
no end product. The 1865 Match Report. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. I think the way that Forest approached that second half is encouraging because a 1-0 down, it could have been very easy to sit back and and almost bemoan the the lack of luck on that goal that, that Chelsea scored and think sort of here we go again. We're probably going to lose against a big team and you know let's just accept our place and settle for it. But Forrest came out with that with that approach again to press high and and go after Chelsea. And they they seem to smell blood. They they could sense that Chelsea we're not at their best and we're not playing well as a team. And that's encouraging because that's Forrest reacting to a situation in a game and, and not allowing a setback to define their performance. Yeah. And and also, especially second half, some of the Chelsea players, I, I don't think they like being on the pitch. Uh, Mason Mount was getting involved in spats with like Froilo, et cetera. Uh, Zakari, I think, was their best player yesterday. He got into a spat with Yates. Uh, Raheem Sterling didn't notice him in the second half and he got brought off. Um, um, and also we had, obviously, the threat of Hawani running at Koulibaly. So, yeah, we did smell blood. It's just disappointing that we couldn't find that second goal. And I think, like I said earlier, we would have deserved all three points on reflection of the um, second half yesterday. One key stat, and a stat that I, I quite like from this game, is that on the seven previous occasions when Forrest have conceded the first goal of a game this season, they've lost all seven. But here, they came back and they got a point. And perhaps more importantly, in those seven games, they went on to concede 23 goals without scoring themselves. But against Chelsea, they not only scored the goal, but they got a point. And even though it's not a win this this result it does feel like a like an important moment for us in the season and and a moment where we've showed resilience to come back into a game and and take something from it and that's got to bode well for for the rest of the campaign yeah i think looking back at the game yesterday i think the players realized that the plan was working and it was a freak goal what we conceded um against like and you, for example, if it wasn't for Hennessy, that could have been eight or nine. And when once that first goal went against United, you think, oh, then the second goal happened. And I think Forrest did um, dig in a bit and obviously not make it like three or four in quick succession. But um, yesterday it was like really telling that and they stuck to the plan and um, they didn't like become, or have a soft underbelly like we've seen recently. So, yeah, I think it's a, a building block. Um, and another thing is that the record at City Ground recently is like teams don't want to come here. Mm. And I think that's absolutely telling. I think it's unbeaten in five games at the City Ground or something like that. Yeah, five or six now it is. It's, it's a, a nice little run that Forrester put in together. 
Yeah, and we all, I know the away form's got to pick up drastically if we want to stay in this league, um, but the, the home form is like really encouraging. So if we can just stick with what we're doing and try and get a few more points and goals on the road, then I think we'd be all right this season. And before we look ahead to the Southampton match, a quick word for some of the players who stood out against Chelsea. So we've mentioned Taiwo, who was excellent, Gibbs White, again, who was just making things happen and showed his importance to the side coming back in. I thought Willie Bolly at the back put in probably his best performance so far as a Forest player. Despite his involvement in the Chelsea goal, he recovered well and he was solid all game and obviously played a part in the in the Forest equaliser as well. That's one of his best performances since he joined. Yeah, uh, I think... Looking at it, it's like he's been a bit ropey in games, and I think he's like a bit too relaxed when the ball is at his feet and everything he makes the odd mistake. But now, like you say yesterday, that was his best performance in the Forest year. And the midfield three as well Mangala, Froiler, and Yates all worked really well, I thought. Um, worked hard, shut down Chelsea, made life difficult for them. They were winning the ball back in in high positions and allowing Forrest to turn Chelsea over quickly. And there's a really nice balance now in that midfield, the way that they, all three of them are working together. is really effective. I think it's all about understanding now they've played together and gelling. It's like another aspect yesterday that earlier in the season, Johnson and Gibbs White, like the, the passing was a bit off because obviously there's that lack of understanding, but I think all over the field now, the players having a better understanding of how each other plays. And I think that's going to bode well going in the second half of the season. So the point moves Forest one place up to 18th in the Premier League table. They are in the bottom three on goal difference, level on points with West Ham, but uh, on 14, but obviously Forest's goal difference of minus 22. That's, that's what's keeping them in the bottom three as it stands. But there's a cluster of teams now up to sort of Leicester in 13th who are all within a couple of points of Forest. So the next game away at Southampton on Wednesday suddenly feels like a real opportunity for Forest. Southampton are bottom, uh, two points behind Forest. But looking at this, it does it does seem like almost a six-pointer to use that cliche. We've, we've talked a lot this season about Forest away from home and how they're just not at the same level as they are on home soil. They've only scored one away goal this season. That was in August at Everton. They, they, they struggled to create and score goals away from home. What can they do differently to turn their fortunes around on the road particularly when you're going away in your next match to a relegation rival in Southampton? I think they've got to be less naive with the ball, with them without the ball. I just think that you need to get closer to Awani. Against um, Man United, it was a case of they played the ball up to Awani and he was like, the nearest player was 40 yards away. I think we've got to get closer and close the line zone a bit more and have more care with the football. Um, I think the game on uh, Wednesday, and I think it is a must win because we're not great on the road in what are better. And they 
they're fragile at the best of times at the moment, Southampton. And um, I think we've got to go in that game wanting all three points if we're going to stay in this league. That's the key thing. It's good that our home form is solid and that we're picking up points, but those points alone are not going to keep us in this league. We do need to find ways of getting points on the road. So would you like to see the same approach that we that we took against Chelsea when we when we play Southampton or would would you like to see perhaps a bit more attack wise maybe somebody like Gustavo Scarpa coming in to really try and take the game to Southampton um i think the, the approach is going to be very similar just like that first 20 minutes don't concede because we tried that um, i know it's a um, a few months ago now, we're a better side. But in the Leicester game, um, there wasn't really, the plan wasn't working, etc. And before you know it, Forest were like two and three down, etc. Um, so I think the same approach has got, um, has got to be applied. Plus, we've got to be better with and without the ball and not be naive and um, and get closer to one E. And, and I think you've just got to like play the game in stages. Um but I think our best asset is um, getting the ball as uh, forward as quickly as possible. And especially with Gibbs, White, Johnson and Awani, I think we could hurt Southampton. But obviously, we've got to keep it tight at the other end and, and take be- uh, better care with the football. So it is a massive opportunity, this, for Forest against a side who are most likely going to be down there with them in the bottom half of the Premier League table and fighting for survival this season. Let's hope Forrest can pull it together on the day, put in a good performance again and pick up from where they left off against Chelsea and, fingers crossed, turn that into all three points. Thanks, Tom. And we will be back with you with our match report after the Southampton game. So until then, thank you for joining us and we will see you after Southampton. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.